Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Happy Thanksgiving, at least if you are in the U.S., um, it, this is going to be released on Thanksgiving Day 2022. So I thought what I would do for the podcast this week is just a little, what am I thankful for in veterinary medicine? Um, I just felt like a fun thing to do, but I am going to focus it on some of the things that I feel like have really made a difference um, in my industry of veterinary dermatology. And I am also doing a talk very similar to this, more expanded, obviously, um, when I'm in Western next year for 2023 Western Veterinary Conference. So Western States, I'm very excited for that. So the first thing that I am thankful for um, is or are isoxazolines. So if you hear us talk at all about management of allergies, we always talk about the importance of ruling out those easy things like ectoparasites. So we think about fleas, but why the isoxazolines have been so, uh, you know, revolutionary in veterinary dermatology is the ability to eliminate most ectoparasites. So what we know through some of the literature are even things like Kylatiella, lice, mites, you know, mange, scabies, demodex are affected by the use of isoxazolines. So by using something like an isoxazoline, we're not only getting good quality flea control, which is extremely important because we know that pets that have the predisposition to have allergies, such as atopic dermatitis, often are also flea allergic. So because we can have multiple allergies present at the same time, we again want those easy wins. We don't want our atopic patient flaring because of a flea allergy because we can control that. Isoxazolines are just really effective. They're well tolerated. They have that fast speed of kill, which is what we need because of all the you know stages of flea life cycles that are out there the most important thing is controlling the population and the environment. So I always suggest my patients be on a good isoxazoline and that all the pets at home, you know, if there's other cats and dogs at home, be on a good isoxazoline. So that's to limit the exposure of the pet that has this hypersensitivity to those parasites. So even if you have a pet who say a cat at home who's not itchy but the dog is chewing and licking their rump, by treating the cat you're trying to minimize the opportunity that that allergic pet is getting exposure. So for dogs, isoxazolines that are available would be Simpirica, Cradelio, Nexgard, and Brevecto. Brevecto has obviously the longer acting 12-week mark um, the other ones are monthly products. Brevecto also has a monthly product as well. And then in cats, um, there's going to be Revolution Plus. You have to have the plus because the plus means Seroloner is present with the Selamectin. So Revolution Plus is an isoxazoline, um, Brevecto, and then Cradelio for cats is the other isoxazoline. So since those products have been available, it's just made it much easier for us to control pretty much all ectoparasites if we know all of the pets in the household are getting those correctly. 
The second thing that I'm very thankful for in veterinary dermatology, and they've been around for a bit now, but when I first started practicing dermatology in my residency, we didn't have these products, and clearly they have changed the game for management of dog allergies, and that will be the interleukin-31, the IL-31 inhibitors, so apicon cytopoint. You know, so clearly the fact that they are very quick, we tend to have minimal side effects. You know, we don't get a lot of the side effects like what we'd see with steroids. Steroids can be very quick to minimize itch, but of course we're going to get increased drinking, urination. In apical and cytopoint, there's different reasons that I choose one over the other. You know, kind of depending if I'm doing a workup and I want that quick start and stop. Apical can be great if the pet's over 12 months of age just to get them comfortable fast, but then also have the ability, say you're doing a diet trial, when you feel like the pet's been on the diet long enough, you can stop it and see very quickly whether or not the pet gets itchy because it's truly an atopic patient or if it doesn't get itchy because we're on the right food and it's a food allergy patient. So that can be really lovely about Apical is that stop and start. Apical also affects other interleukins. So interleukin 2, 4, 6, and 13 besides affecting interleukin 31. So it can help obviously with things like inflammation. Cytopoint is really a great therapy, especially because it is such a targeted therapy, interleukin-31. It's a monoclonal antibody specifically to interleukin-31. So you know that if they have, say, you know, uh, they're also seen by oncologists for neoplasia, they have uh, pneumonia, something really severe. Because it's such a targeted therapy, their allergies don't go away if they're dealing with something else, so we still want them to be comfortable. So the nice thing about Cytopoint is the high safety we see with that product because it's such targeted therapy only neutralizing interleukin-31. Of course, it doesn't have an age restriction on it. So if you have a young dog, even you're doing a diet trial on a young dog and we need them to be comfortable, it can be really uh, a wonderful tool. Uh, if you have a pet who is resistant to oral therapy, clearly giving a Cytopoint injection in the clinic can be really helpful in those cases. And it is labeled from four to eight weeks. But because, and I have, you know, I have cases that, I have dogs that respond great to Apoquil, didn't respond as well to Cytopoint. I have cases that respond to Cytopoint, didn't respond as well to Apoquil. I have patients that respond to either, and it kind of depends on what the owner needs. Um, I've had cases that don't respond as well to either, and we have to move on to other options. But predominantly, we do see great efficacy in speed as far as reducing the itch with these two therapies. So they are the ones that we tend to reach for the most for anti-itch therapy in our cases as we're waiting to start immunotherapy um, or as a way to keep that pet comfortable as a long-term mechanism as well. So it's just really changed the game in how we manage these cases. We're obviously using a lot of Apoquil, a lot of Cytopoint, and really depend on the history of that dog and what they've responded to in the past or what our needs are or personally how I decide between the two. So I don't really have like a favorite between the two because I've just seen really great success with either. It just, again, depends on that particular case, but it's totally changed the game on how we manage itch levels in these allergic dogs. Um, other, the third thing I'm thankful for um, in veterinary dermatology are topicals. And it's not that topicals are new, but I've just loved seeing all the new topicals that are coming out, all the advancements that we're having with topical therapy and the importance that epidermal barrier function has really gained in allergic dermatitis. The other therapies like the anti-itch therapies are great. And of course we need those, but I just love how we've dived so much in the literature into epidermal barrier, 
the role it plays, that it's a genetic defect. We see cracks in, you know, crevices in the skin. We know that dogs with atopy, even if they their skin looks pretty normal when they're tested and looked under electron microscopy of their non-lesional skin, we see abnormalities. So we know that genetically, if you're an atopic dog, you have abnormal skin. So being able to reduce the amount of infections, be able to treat active infections with, with topicals like chlorhexidine, uh, and just to also for maintenance, I think that gets overlooked, maintenance therapy with topicals. So think of some of the products that have come out like the Duxo S3 Calm that has Ophitrium in it or all the other ceramide products or the Dermasense, things that really focus on restoring the epidermal barrier even from a maintenance standpoint. So in turn, we hope to get less infections, um, but also it just helps us to utilize less systemic therapy and those systemic therapy is great and we need it we all are happier to use less of it so if I can use something like topical therapies whether it's an ear flush we use like a ceruminolytic to flush the ears out all the time so we get less infections or certain products like the topical shampoos that can restore the skin barrier the spot-ons that can restore the skin barrier mousses all of those things that help us along the way by addressing the defects in the epidermal barrier we know these allergic pets have. I think it's just great that it's gained so much attention and I'm very thankful for that because I feel really fortunate to be in a specialty where we have an external organ, right? We can touch the skin, we can massage the skin, we can flush the ears out. A lot of specialties can't say that. You know, if you're dealing with a liver infection, you can't massage the liver. I mean, I guess you can if you go in with surgery, but clearly it's not something we're going to be doing on a regular basis at home. But for us, we're really fortunate because our organ is external. So we have the luxury of being able to use topical therapies. So I don't want you guys to forget about them because there's so many different ways topicals can be beneficial in our skin cases, whether you're talking about ear disease or true cutaneous disease. The fourth thing that I am thankful for as we're going through our little Thanksgiving list are it's just a general thankful for the advancements in veterinary dermatology and veterinary medicine in general. But I just love that I see so much research, literature coming out, new products. That's how we get the really advanced products like the monoclonal antibodies in our field is through all the literature and recognizing some of the uh, breed differences we see in allergies, right? Like think about the Westie that tends to get really yeasty and like henified and elephant skin with their allergies. There's like a different predisposition we can see with some of these cases. You know, think about the German Shepherds who get deep pyodermas and get, you know, really draining inflamed skin. There's so many differences we can see between some of these breeds and we're getting recognition of that. We're getting more research into that, that there's probably lots of different things that truly affect allergies. You know, maybe there's a world one day where we test them for several different gene differences and based on what their genes are that give them atopic dermatitis, maybe we'll know certain therapies work better than another. I'm just spit firing here, but I just think it's really cool that we're seeing all these advancements, you know, between the epidermal barrier, the breed differences we see, the different interleukins that affect their immune system or how they react to these pollens in the air or why are certain dogs really breeds predisposed to things like food allergies. So there's just so many advancements being made and what we know about dermatology and allergies is it's a very multifactorial 
disease that we have to manage. It's truly a syndrome that we have to manage, you know, and then cats are always a bit unique with how they show us their allergies between they can get anything from a rodent ulcer to feline asthma. So there's just so many advancements and so many different ways that we're seeing. And I'm very thankful that we keep digging deeper so that we can treat these patients better. And I just love knowing that information so I can get that out to all of you. The last thing that I want to just express my gratitude and thankfulness for, and this is just a general veterinary medicine shout out aspect, is community. You know, if we have learned anything through living through this pandemic and seeing the ups and downs of our industry, and then for me personally, you know, this this last year, going through this journey with our son, you know, having to be a mom of a child with cancer, which I never, ever imagined would be something that I would have to live and breathe every day. Um, it is the community. I mean, I truly think for all the problems veterinary medicine has, our community with each other can be so strong. When I think about how many different people in different ways, whether it was my other veterinary dermatologists or the colleagues I've made through conferences, um, other speakers, people on social media, you know, pharmaceutical uh, reps, people I know in pet food nutrition, all these different facets of people that reached out to me and supported us as we've had to navigate this difficult journey in our lives um, is just amazing. And I don't think everyone can truly say that about the job that they're in, that they've had people literally throughout the world like reach out when we're going through this really difficult journey. And so that community, I'm so incredibly thankful for. And it's been so awesome kind of getting back to some of the conferences where that, that family I truly, truly crave just having those connections with people. And so, you know, that community I'm forever grateful for. And it's something that I think about all the time and how much I'm excited to get back to some form of normalcy, hopefully sometime next year, where I get to dive back into that community that I really, really love. So those are the things that on this Thanksgiving day, at least in the U.S., I know that we have people who listen who aren't in the U.S., um, but as this is releasing on Thanksgiving day, just things that I'm incredibly thankful for, not only in the field that I love so much, but in veter veterinary medicine as a whole. So I hope that this was just a fun episode for you guys to listen to. Um, and I, if you are in the U S and if you do choose to take the day to be with family and celebrate Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving for everyone else. Just know I am just always internally grateful and thankful for all of you every day of the year. <laughs>